Instructional Design Podcast here at McLennan Community College, created by instructional designers in the Department of Instructional Design and Innovation. I'm Claire Wilkeson. Um, I'm here with Dr. Kayla Willis, and I'm here with our producer, John Gaza. Very good. You got that. <laughs> um, okay, so Kayla. Hello. <laughs> Um, we're we're best friends, so we're gonna probably giggle a couple of times just for everyone to be aware. We we apologize <laughs> in advance. <laughs> All right, so Dr. Kayla Willis, she's an assistant professor of child st- child studies and education. Um, her doctorate is in higher education leadership, and she works in the department of child studies and education. So welcome. Thanks. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. Yay! Back I in my old area. <laughs> yes, how's, how, um, when you come back here, you know, what What do you think about? Um, What's your, the first thing? Well, I love all the people, so I like coming back to give hugs and say hi to people. Um, I do miss the interaction with people across campus. Uh, love my new role, though. Love the role of interacting with students, having more impact there. Um, so, I'm happy. Yay! Well, I wish we were working together. <laughs> um, yeah, just yeah, in a different are. capacity. Yeah. Okay, so I was thinking that we'd talk about how we met, because obviously we're, we're best friends. <laughs> so um, why don't we share, um, as an icebreaker, like when did you realize that we were, we were going to be friends for a long time? So we had grad classes together. And initially, whenever I started grad school, I was living in Conroe. I was a stay-at-home mom, living with two children, working on my master's degree, and we kept getting put into groups together. And I really enjoyed working with you, and we had similar ideas. Um, But then we moved to Waco, and you were in Waco, and we're like, what? (laughs) This really happened? I remember bugging you a lot, yeah. <laughs> calling you 24-7. And I said, um, it's okay. Yes, you would call me down. <laughs> I was the stressor. Um, I do remember uh, one time you were giving me a textbook, and we met up for the first time in person at the Starbucks on Bosky. Yeah. And I got to meet your two little kiddos, <laughs> and that was awesome. Um, but that was not, I don't think that was my moment of clarity, like, oh, we're going to be friends forever. Um, I think mine was when we were literally sitting at graduation, uh, getting our master's degree. Right next to each other. Right next to each other, because we, (laughs) we are the W's, Wilkinson and Willis, and we're just, you know, just really feeling the moment of completing a goal and looking up into the audience and seeing our families there and I think that's when I knew it was like this is a this is a long term friend. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Love it. So that's a little bit about us. <laughs> All right. So how do you think uh, your experiences as a teacher, because you work K through twelve, um, and instructional designer prepare you for your new role as a professor? Well, I think both are extremely important. So in the K twelve. K-12 realm, we learn all about the pedagogy, uh, how people learn, ways to increase engagement. So that's something that I am always focusing on. I remember the first time I switched, I was teaching first grade and I was about to teach fourth and fifth grades. And I had one of the fifth grade teachers tell me, don't worry, 
Fourth and fifth graders are just like first graders, just bigger. They're in bigger bodies. They just they like the same activities. They like the same rewards. They're just in bigger bodies, and that's it. Uh, and I feel like, in a lot of ways, our students are the same. Uh, they like to be rewarded and encouraged. They want to know that people care about them, that you're there to help them, and that you truly care about their success. They're not just another number in your class. Uh, so I think that that aspect definitely prepared me. And then as an instructional designer, that pedagogy is so important in course design, but also just learning those course design strategies and using those in my online classes, even in face-to-face -face and blended classes, I think has been very helpful for my students and their success. Great. Um, I feel like I messed up a little bit and I want to go back and talk about, I want you to give like more information about who you are for people who don't know. I'm your friend, so I automatically assumed everyone loves you, everyone knows who you are. But go ahead and share like information about like where you're from and how did you get to where you are? Sure. So I grew up in Axtell, a tiny town east of Waco. Um, I actually went to MCC and graduated through the University Center. Um, I graduated with a degree in Child Studies and also got my K-4 certification. Immediately moved to Houston, worked in Houston, uh, ISD, and also in Conroe. Right after Houston, we moved back to Waco for a year and then moved to Conroe. So I, I worked in K-12 for about seven years. And then I decided to stay home after my second kid was born because daycare was way too expensive. Literally paying more for daycare than I was making. So I stayed home. And after about a, a half a year of staying home, I was like, I can't do this. I need something for me. And that's when I started the master's degree, worked on that, and got it with the emphasis in instructional design and technology. Graduated in December, started working at MCC in March, uh, and then soon after the pandemic started and wow. helped get uh, instructors through the pandemic as an instructional designer. And then this past January, I actually moved to a faculty role. Yay! Yay! While completing your doctorate. <laughs> yes, and I worked on my doctorate. So right after I started at MCC, I started in March and then started my doctorate in May. So, and I remembered it went by so fast. Like you were very focused and driven to get it done. For yes. most people, it can take you know several years to yes. get theirs done. And I feel like you cracked it in like what a year and a half or two. No, it was actually three was years. Three? Okay. Yep, well, it, it was three fast. years. <laughs> <laughs> you should have just went with what I said. Yeah, totally. <laughs> no, sometimes it it felt longer, but looking back on it, it felt like it went by really fast. I remember telling my teacher, uh, the first night I had class and my kiddo was like, why isn't mommy home? <laughs> because I'm at school. Um, so I remember that point and it feels like yesterday and now it's done and I feel accomplished at having my dissertation done. I'm hoping to eventually publish on my dissertation. Yay. That's exciting. I'll get working on that someday. 
And today, <laughs> and today we're going to talk about your dissertation. We're going to get into it. And this is going to be the first time you've really shared your dissertation with the college. So I'm really excited Me that too. You're, you're here with us. Oh, I've been so ready to share this information. <laughs> Yay. I do want to talk about um, the pandemic because you were an instructional designer during the pandemic. What was that like? How I know it was very, very stressful. Very for stressful. Faculty. Very but stressful. How was it on your end? Yeah, it was very stressful. Uh, also, very exciting too. I remember thinking, like, this is so stressful and it's so much work, but so exciting because everyone was seeing the online world and how meaningful it was and the possibilities for distance education. So I felt like. That was our moment as an instructional design team to, to really emphasize distance learning and how great it can be. Yeah. And I guess that inspired you to, you know, go for your doctorate degree as well, right? No, I was actually working on my doctorate before then. Oh, you were? Yes. Okay. Through the pandemic. Yeah. But your role as an instructional designer must have... Yes, okay. definitely. My role as an instructional designer definitely um, inspired me to... I really wanted to, I love learning, so wanted to learn more. If I could be a lifelong student, I would. I just don't want to have to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to be a, a lifelong learner, and that's really what pushed me into it. But then my role as an instructional designer led me to the topic of my dissertation. wanted to see because we know nationally that online courses typically have higher attrition and lower retention and that's across the board uh, and same thing here at MCC so I really wanted to look at what strategies could we use uh, what supports or what barriers impact student persistence in online courses and specifically I looked at the academic uh, supports and barriers, economic, uh, social, and then I just looked at motivation in general and what we could do to motivate our students to persist and continue on, not give up on their degree. Wow. So it really ties into everyone. Everyone at the college, it's not just about faculty and students, it's about our MCC crew, it's about TRIO, like it really does blend in with every department, everyone doing their their part to help our kids be successful. Absolutely. And the students reference that frequently uh, about the resources that were available, all the different people on campus who could make them feel welcomed or invited. Great. So you actually heard from students. I did. I held focus groups with our students. I met with 25 uh, students from MCC. They, all of them took online courses, and when looking at online courses for this study, I specifically wanted, because we were, this was during the pandemic, uh, and shortly after things started going back, some on campus and some not, um, so I specifically wanted to look at asynchronous courses, the courses where Zoom was not required, they were completing everything online, they weren't required to meet with instructors, and I wanted to know how can we help them persist mm -hmm. uh, because that lack of teacher interaction or face-to-face -face component uh, can be very is isolating. isolating. So uh, I spoke to 
25 of our students and got their input and came up with some major themes and I'll share those with you. So for the academic area, looking at that, students said they really wanted organized courses, courses that were easy to follow, had a good structure, and were consistent. They knew when to expect assignments were due. They knew where to find different things in the course. Um, they also spoke a lot about communication and making sure that the instructor was communicating with them on a regular basis. Um, and also that they were providing timely and individualized feedback. Um, they wanted to feel like, hey, I'm, I'm a person in this class, yeah. uh, not just a number. So I have this one quote that a student said. I have to share it with you. I love it. Go for it. Um, so one of the students, when meeting with them, uh, she actually said, you send out group emails or group announcements, and it's like, sometimes I just personally want to be spoken to one-on-one. -on -one. I just want you to talk about specifically me. They would post an announcement and be like, some of you haven't done, or some of you did horrible on a quiz. I'm not some, I'm one, and I have a name. And I wow. think today I try to remember that. It was so powerful when she was saying it. Um, just trying to remember that they want to be addressed as a person, yeah. not just a number in your class. Uh, and I know I'm guilty of it, sending, hey everyone, hi class, hey y'all. <laughs> um, but when I can, I try to provide that individualized feedba feedback or emailing um, just to check in on them, how they're doing, and making sure that it's a personal email to them, not, hey. <laughs> yeah. So that was the academic um, supports and barriers. I was really surprised by the economic uh, supports oh, and yeah? barriers they discussed. So the two themes I kind of came up with for that were uh, affordability. So students frequently mentioned that uh, they wished that online classes were less expensive than face-to-face -face classes. Wow. Because, and their reasoning was that one, they're having to pay a lot more money for Wi-Fi, computers, um, different things like that, the technology to take an online class, um, but also because they're having to put so much ownership into learning, teaching themselves. Um, so that was mentioned a lot, and I was really surprised by that. But another thing that they mentioned was that they know that MCC has a lot of resources, but they would forget. So they wanted reminders that throughout oh. the semester, like, hey, don't forget we have free counseling, or don't forget that we have tutors, here's a link. Um, because all of that information is covered, typically within the first week, but then they're like, yeah, I know there's something, I just don't know what it is, and I don't know where to get it. Yeah. Um, so having those reminders was super important, something that they said would help them persist. Um, and then looking at the social side, students really wanted to feel like their teachers care about them. Uh, and they pick up on it. They know if you don't. Yeah. Um, so building those relationships with the students. Uh, and then they also mentioned, I was surprised about, but also not surprised knowing the research, uh, they want to build relationships in the class with their other peers. They want to get to know the other students. Uh, like we said, online classes are isolating. So they mentioned if I could have some way to meet other students in the class, whether that's uh, creating networking groups on campus where they could actually come to campus and meet, 
or whether it's some sort of group project. A lot of them discuss group projects and how they don't typically like them, but in an online class it helped them form those relationships, so they enjoyed that aspect. Um, and they said that those relationships were very motivating to them uh, to continue yeah. on, but also felt like they weren't alone and they could have someone else to turn to besides the teacher. So if they didn't understand something, they could say, hey, did you understand this? Can you explain it to me? So everything you're saying, I'm seeing you light up, look at me like <laughs> it's because like, we've been through it. Yes. You know, you and I had to do that. Our courses were online. Mm-hmm. You were my person throughout the entire, you know, degree. Yeah. And we relied on each other. And I can't imagine not having you there or our instructors not making it um not making it capable for us to collaborate. Right. I'm so thankful for that. You know, I can't even imagine what life would be like now if that wasn't, you know, the case. Can you imagine how boring it would have been? Oh, so boring. (laughs) (laughs) So boring. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what sets our MCC students apart from other community college students? So I'm going to talk in general about community college students. Um, yeah. And then I'll talk about MCC specifically. So we know that community college students are very diverse. Uh, they often, you're going to have some traditional age students, you're going to have some um, non-traditional age students, students who are working, students who are raising families. Uh, so it's a very different dynamic than at a university. Uh, what sets MCC apart, I think, is the students themselves. I was so impressed when I had the focus groups, hearing the responses. Um, I, I'll be honest, I worried at first, am I going to get good data from this? Um, am I going to get enough uh, information? But their comments were so well thought out. Um, they provided reasoning, and the things that they said was all supported by research that's been done. Um, So our students, they really have a heart uh, for learning, bettering themselves, um, getting support. They're interested in it. They will push through some difficult events uh, and continue on their education and not give up. Uh, And I don't think you see that always. So we're very diverse. Yes, uh, our students are dealing with a lot, uh, raising families and still trying to figure out how to take classes, working full time. I have a student who's working two jobs. kicked out of the house recently, and still coming to class and making A's. So they're dealing with a lot, but um, they don't give up. Resilience. Mm-hmm. So, but we're always going to have the students that withdraw from online courses. Oh, yeah. Why are they withdrawing? So we know that there are a number of reasons that students withdraw. Um, it could be because they're working full-time and they just don't realize that an online class takes a lot of responsibility and independence. Uh, They just don't have the time that they thought they would be able to manage. Um, Could be because uh, a life event came up. Uh, Some our our students are going through a lot so a life event comes up and it goes back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You have to take care of your physiological needs first. Uh, and then you can work on the other needs. Uh, So sometimes it's for that. Uh, Other times it has to do with reading and writing. Online 
classes tend to be very heavy in reading and writing, and if a student doesn't feel strong in those areas, uh, often they can get, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They can get uh, disappointed because they're having to read so much and they don't feel confident with themselves. Um, so, variety of reasons. All right, so in your dissertation, you talk about increasing persistence in online courses, yep. preventing them from withdrawing. Yep. So what are some strategies? Yeah, so I think the biggest thing is getting to know your students uh, as a person, as an individual. Like that student said, I am a person, I have a name. I think that's one of the best things that we can do. Build that relationship, build that trust so that they feel they can come to you. Uh, and that can be done in a variety of ways. Letting the students uh, see you and know that you're a real person, whether it's through videos, um, through personalized feedback, through announcements, um, pictures of yourself or your family, uh, building that relationship so that they know, hey, I can come to the teacher and they're going to support me. They care about me. Um, but also being present in our courses. It can be so easy to develop a course and never revamp it, never update the videos, never update those announcements except for the date. I mean, it's all together and it's so easy to just say, yeah, I'm just gonna let it run. Uh, but the students notice that and they oh. complained, um, I guess complained's not a good word, they discussed uh, frequently that it was frustrating when a video wasn't updated uh, and they yeah. said we're having to do this work you're expecting us to put in this work we want to see you putting in the work too um, so taking that time to be present in the class uh, discuss with them if they're having a discussion post those announcements reach out to them provide feedback all of that was really important We have to we're supporting faculty so how can how can we support faculty as they keep persisting help help the persistence of our students in their online classes yeah so I think that um, providing different strategies to help faculty learn easier ways to provide feedback um, like one thing that I do is I have certain uh, phrases or responses that I'm going to use and then I'm I'm going to tweak it just a little bit for each student based on their needs. Uh, using those annotation tools, teaching how to use those within um, Brightspace is great, um, how to use video announcements, um, yeah, teaching just ways to be involved uh, with, with an online class. Okay. Be present. We've been talking about having learning communities you know, and having faculty collaborate with each other. Uh, how do you feel about that? So that is something very common in K-12 uh, and something that I love and something that I miss about this role because I interacted with so many people. I think we can always gain good ideas and insight from others. Uh, so the more opportunities that you have to share those ideas through a community, uh, I think is extremely valuable. Yeah, I agree. All right, so with the pandemic, we all saw this rapid need for distance education. 
Um, as you mentioned in your dissertation, we may be in the midst of like future changes. Um, and as, as I felt when teaching, you know, during the pandemic, as John felt like, it's almost like we are pioneers, you know, to advance our use of teaching and our methods. (laughs) So exciting. (laughs) I like the word pioneer, you know? Yes. Um, And we're all pioneers, uh, faculty that, you know, had to face that all together. You know, we were, we were all doing that together. And so what do you think the future changes are? Where do you think we're heading with with distance education? So the research is pretty clear that it's going to continue to grow. Uh, I know that students are wanting online more and more now that they've gotten a feel for it, um, now that they've had that opportunity. So we know that my guess is that distance education will just continue to grow. But I think also students have learned that there are opportunities for more flexibility. So high flex came into play during the pandemic where students could really choose. Am I going to come to class? Am I going to watch it online? Am I going to come um, just through Zoom? And having that flexibility to kind of switch between modalities and and that freedom to meet their needs while getting their education, I think is something that we need to keep an eye on because I think that's something that could continue to grow. Um, But even before the pandemic, In my dissertation, I mentioned between 2002 and 2014, there was a 262.5% increase in distance education students. That's crazy. Yes. So it is going to continue. Um, Even right before the fall, the fall before the pandemic, um, we had about 14% in fully online classes. And then after the pandemic, of course, we bumped up to 98% of institutions are um, working online. So I think it'll continue to grow. That's great. And hopefully just get better and better. Yeah, I hope so too. All right, uh, what can we do at MCC to improve student persistence online? What else can we do? So I think it really... Yeah, I think it really uh, takes all of us working together, helping the students feel welcome, helping the students, uh, even though they're online, remembering that they have those resources available. You know, we've got tutoring through Zoom. They can meet with an advisor through Zoom. Those resources uh, are available even if our students are online. So really helping them remember that those resources are available uh, and then also creating a welcoming environment so that they feel they're a part of something, they're a part of a family, or uh, they have a purpose, I think would be very helpful. Okay, well, I agree with the welcoming environment. Um, When I taught fourth grade my last year, I mean, I created a face-to-face environment that I thought was very welcoming. It was very, it was reinforced theme. (laughs) So all the kids sat down and we talked, a lot of our lessons were centered around helping the environment and doing our part to, you know, help the world. And I think that you can create that same purpose of community online, Um, just giving a purpose and meaning to what you're doing to your students, with your students. Um, So, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. Well, is there anything else? 
No, this has been fun. Okay, yay. Feel free to write my dissertation. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm hoping you're going to actually, you're going to do it. You're going to publish. Yes, that is my plan. I have started an article. Um, just have to find time to be able to finish it. And then find a journal to submit to. So You can do it. <laughs> Thanks. I know you can. Uh, we're really proud of you. Uh, and I mean, our department is very proud of you and how much growth, you know, that you've mm -hmm. made. Um, even as a friend, I can see that within you. And, I mean, sharing this dissertation with everyone at the college is going to, I think it's going to do wonders. Because, like I said, it kind of involves everyone in every single department. Everyone is playing a role in how we can, we can help our students be successful. Yep. So. And... Even beyond MCC, I just want to continue to share so that online classes continue to improve. I have a heart for it. So. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, thank you, Dr. Kayla Willis, <laughs> for being here today. Um, thank you guys for joining in on Mac Talks. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram um, and subscribe to the show. Um, give us a rating. Give us a good rating, even if you don't listen. <laughs> but uh, why wouldn't you want to listen to Kayla? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, give so us fun. a solid five. <laughs> <laughs> um, subscribe to the show. Our Instagram is mcc underscore idi. Uh, send us questions or topics you'd like to hear about, you know, through email, online at mcclennan.edu, or go ahead and shoot us up on Instagram. Um, and yeah, let us know if you like this podcast, then <laughs> you better have. <laughs> we need to come up with a good way to close out. I know. Uh, I was like, uh, yeah, see you uh, later. Yeah, yeah, see you. you know. And then, yeah. Any, any recommendations? Mm. Ta-ta for now. <laughs> <laughs>